Hello, welcome to episode 20 of the Heart of Markness podcast. I'm Mark. Welcome. Topic tonight is going to be the L.A. forum, the L.A. run of uh, Led Zeppelin in 1977. The 77 L.A. run is legendary. It's considered, along with the run uh, earlier in the tour in uh, New York, Madison Square Garden, it's considered to be the high watermark of the tour generally, although there were individual shows which stood out. But, um, you know, as you should know, the L.A. shows historically tended to bring a little more pepper because, um, you know, they had to stride. They had to show off. L.A. was their home away from home where they were the kings. Even with the Stones in town, they were kings. With Floyd in town, nobody... They were... They were. They reigned supreme. And they lived like Caligula because they could. And uh, L.A. 77 is the high watermark of that whole thing, too. Of just the rock and roll decadent lifestyle. Um, it's also... Very, it's also legendary because um, there's so many excellent sounding recordings of the tour made by Mike Millard, who was a bootlegger, tape trader in the 70s, and he recorded, Jesus Christ, a zillion, zillion shows. He pretty much got almost everything in the L.A. area from like uh, 74 through like 80. And, I mean, Frank Zappa, Floyd, yes, The Who... Steve, I mean, everybody, everybody. You want Alice Cooper? There's probably a Miller tape of it. And um, he made incredible sounding recordings by, um, first of all, using great equipment. Equipment He used uh, AKG mics, and he used a Nakamichi recorder. And um, if you're of a certain age, Nakamichi, this hearing the word Nakamichi brings a twinkle to your eye and a spring to your step. Because it was the Cadillac, the Mercedes, of uh, cassette tapes, machines, recorders. And they were fucking great. Unbelievably good machines. Unbelievable quality. And they could just show you exactly how good a cassette tape could sound. Well, Mr. Millard had one of these. And he had a battery pack for that unit, which I believe he ordered from Japan. And he fitted them underneath a wheelchair... And then he got in the wheelchair and pretended to be differently abled. And back then, they didn't have handicapped seating or handicapable seating or however you laud somebody who can't. Anyway, um, so what? I guess what they would do, and this is just anecdotal from what I've heard. I don't know if this is true. Um, at least at the LA Forum, when somebody on crutches or in a wheelchair or somebody like that came up um, to the ticket, to the to the um, ushers. They didn't have handicapped seating, so they would just wheel them up to the front, and you would just be sitting there. So Mike would bring a wheelchair and pretend to need it and be wheeled up to the front, in front of the first row, you know, or in the aisle or something, right up there. And he had the mics in the chair placed so it would get a good stereo spread, and he had this insane Nakamichi recorder underneath him somehow. I don't know, you know, I don't know the, the orientation and the layout of the equipment. But uh, he would record these shows from the front row in excellent stereo 
on excellent equipment using excellent quality cassette tape. And the stuff he made sounds professional. It's crystal clear, super great stereo. And um, luckily he went to, I believe, almost all of the nights on the LA run from the 20-something to the 20-something, maybe the 21st through the 27th of uh, June, 77. Uh, They played LA and they were great. By and large, it's a great run of shows, and some of the shows are legendary. Listen to this. Eddie is the most popular, I believe, bootleg, and like the first one that people give to friends to listen to. It's like, listen to this, because it sounds amazing. And it's a great performance of the band, you know, at their best and best and worst. Um, they were, I mean, Jimmy was a, was a waif of a strung-out, drunken nightmare. Um... The songs were really long on that whole tour. Bloated, excessive. He had the noise solo. That was literally a noise solo. It just was Jimmy fucking with his equipment and making funny noises. Like Metal Machine music. Um, You had In My Time of Dying, which would run over 10 minutes. Trampled Underfoot, which would run over 10 minutes. You'd have Achilles' Last Stand, which would run over 10 minutes. You'd have the drum solo over the top, which would run, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, You had excess no quarter would run for fucking 25 minutes to half an hour just cranking along um it it was a lot it was very very self-indulgent and it was you know if they weren't so great it would be almost spinal tapish but they were great so they pulled it off most of the time um i do think that had they toured in 1980 as they were planning on touring, I think starting in October of 80, they were going to do a U.S. tour. Um, I think had they done that, they would have uh, lost a lot of their legendary status because I think um, they would have fallen off the rails. Both Jimmy and Bonzo were uh, erratic. And, you know, I, I may be in the minority here, but for the 1980 tour, most of it sounded like Bonzo was just phoning it in. Usually when you listen to a live recording, you hear Bonzo, and it's like you listen to Bonzo, and he drives the band, and it's insane. And that's the case with these recordings that I'm about to play. He's at the top of his game. He's wild, wild, and just insane with the bass drum, and insane and just surely on a number of substances, and maybe coke to the gills and roaring, but he was just a force, and and he held it together. And for these shows, anyways, Jimmy held it together and had moment and was great and moments of brilliance. And it's interesting that Bonzo and Jimmy would lock in together um, almost more than um, Jonesy and Bonzo would, like in the early days on the earlier recordings in 1970 and such. It's Jonesy and Bonham as one unit. Here, it's almost like Jonesy is jamming with Jimmy and Bonzo in a way. I mean, the band's still tight. They're at the, I mean, Jonesy's always in it. But um, you hear Bonzo paying more attention to Jimmy. And uh, that's great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just an observation. But um, pay attention to that when you listen to the songs. Uh, the first one I'm going to play is Achilles' Last Stand. And there is an excellent Achilles' Last Stand that you can see that the band released on the DVD from Nebworth, uh, August 4th, I believe, 1979. And it's excellent. I mean, Jimmy did a lot of good work in the studio with it, uh, adding the harmonies and, and the tones and stuff, and, and they were fucking great. 
Here's the 1977 version. This was the song off their newest album. And it's... What can you say? It's a monster. It's a monster. And at the end of the song, Jimmy whips out the wah-wah and adds that to the mix, and it is just filthy. You know, Jimmy Page turned the wah-wah pedal into a sex toy. It's just so dirty. So, Achilles' Last Stand from June 23rd, which I believe is the four badge holders only show, at which Keith Moon came out and played drums with John Bonham later on. Legendary, legendary. No, it wasn't awesome. Um, legendary story. You can even see video of that uh, Super 8 film of that on YouTube if you want. But yeah, this is from that show, LA Forum, June 23rd, 1977, Achilles' Last Stand, in excellent stereo. Enjoy it, my friends. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
fucking great wasn't it i love that i mean achilles last stand is is not even my favorite song i mean it's undeniably great but it has i don't know i don't know uh it's amazing i love the drumming who doesn't um but that performance just listening to that my god they were amazing they were such a good band the definition of tight but loose you know there are times you figure jimmy's gonna go off the rails but he doesn't he holds it together and you know bonzo anchors him and then Jimmy anchors Bonzo, and Jonesy's just there as like the universal constant, um, the the center around which Jimmy and Bonzo can just 
uh, sway and, and, and gamble around. Um, and then that Wawa at the end, it's dirty. It's dirty. It sounds so good. God damn it, I love this band. Um, and you do too, or else you wouldn't be listening, because this is not the Mark Donahue fan club yet, although it's growing. Um, and I always have a cold, it sounds like. And um, I don't know, I think the environment is trying to kill me with multiple spores and pollens. It's now autumn, and uh, usually in the autumn, at the end of September, I feel like I'm dying for a few weeks and I have to take 8 trillion different antihistamines. Um, and I just took the uh, 8 trillionth a moment ago, so it'll kick in when this podcast's over. Otherwise, you got to deal with congested Marky. Sorry about that. Back to our show. Um, let's see, what shall we listen to next, children? Ah, yes. Are you ready for communication breakdown? It's from June 25th. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Um, it's from June 25th, 1977. And, uh, it's cool. It's fast. I think it's the last song they did of the night, like their 8 millionth encore. Like, okay, thank you. Good night. Um, I said good day. Um, it starts off with an interesting uh, Jimmy sounds and fucking around, and then they lock into it, just fly through it. And it is just on fire, and they pull it off, and it's punk, and it's fun, and it is loud, and it is Led Zeppelin. Over the top, 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 top. So, enjoy. June 25th, 1977. Communication breakdown. Ahoy, hoy.
you know vampire porn is a real thing? I mean, anything's a real thing now with the internet. I mean, if you can think it, if you can dream it, you can do it. Um, but, yeah, vampire porn. You can get on Amazon. There's all these women who are, uh, why do they have to be women, Mark? Because they are. Uh, writing, like, Bigfoot porn and vampire porn and just churning it out. And, uh, you know, it, it, it it's not, uh, it's not high prose. And yet, uh, back to Led Zeppelin, eh? Yeah, let's get back to Led Zeppelin. Sorry about that, folks. Went off on a bit of a tangent as Communication Breakdown was playing in my noodle. And I will remind you, it is legal in Oregon, so uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, just a slight miscalculation as to dosage. So we'll soldier on. We'll get through it. I can see the light already. We're almost home. So Communication Breakdown just played. And uh, it was very uh, 1977. It encapsulates it. They played it. They played it fast. Um, it was obviously the end of the show. And at the very end of it, when they're wrapping it up, instead of playing lightning fast, lightning quick, in incisive licks for the da 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 part where Bonzo's going off and Jimmy's, you know, should just be going crazy, he's playing short little bursts. And after like the third one, he runs out of ideas. And goes back in and and Bonzo instead of doing some fast fills at the end, he just does some eighths, you know, da 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 da, which again, fine, it's perfectly fine and it's played exquisitely, but it it's it signs of um, I think and I instead of seeing it as signs of like a maturing band, I think it's signs of a uh, a band running out of juice, uh, creatively. Um, and, and I don't mean they can't write good songs or play well anymore, but I, I think, um, whereas, you know, you listen to the 1970 shows and uh, the ideas were coming a mile a minute, the creativity was flowing out of all of them at the same, you know, just pouring. Uh, and Jimmy was playing like a demon and on fire and had a trillion tricks up his sleeve. Um, Bonzo as well. And Jonesy was in on it because Bonzo and Jonesy were locked in tight. And Robert had the voice. His voice hadn't gotten fucked up yet. It was ridiculously good. And um, this is, again, very good. Excellent, in fact. A great wind-up to the show. But I hear it, and I hear a diminishment in uh, sparkle, um, magic. And even at the end, when Robert says goodnight, it's not a warm, hippy-dippy, effervescent... Uh, communion like the early shows when you could hear the audience and Robert having just a love affair back and forth uh, this was almost smarmy I mean, it was very 1970s like cocaine era I remember it distinctly as a child um, not all the fun but just the that kind of voice and that kind of vibe you know just think Saturday Night Live with uh, Bill Murray in a leisure suits kind of thing um, you know thanks LA good night it's uh all right later it's it's the job is over i'm going home vibe um arrogant maybe the word um but that's again knowing what i do now as a 51 year old dude what those boys were up to in la and how far off the rails they were chemically and legally and uh perhaps ethically and it was like it was it was like an episode of intervention um Everybody was fucked up. 
It was a disaster logistically. Uh, they were not efficient. They were brutal. They were uh, badass. Jonesy just said, fuck it. Jonesy traveled separately. I think he had a motorhome with his family, I believe, um, at least for part of it. He stayed in a different hotel. He just showed up to the gig. He, did, he wasn't in the machinery. He's like, what time are we going on? 8 o'clock. All right, I'll be here at 7.30 kind of thing, um, which frustrated Jimmy from what I read. I mean, in like Hammer of the Gods and shit, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, because Jimmy could control and Jimmy, it was Jimmy's band, definitely. And Jonesy was like, no, I, I will show up and do my thing. But uh, fuck all this nonsense. And uh, boy, I am a wandering today. Sorry, guys. But uh, that's 1977. It's just before everything got really bad and Robert lost his son and um, all that happened and they took they lost two years uh, so this is just kind of the quavering peak just before like the momentum has been spent but it's that moment before gravity starts pulling it down that just moment that caesura between rise and fall and, you know, it's captured on the Cesura between Rise and Fall. I am stoned. Um, but, so there's, it's bittersweet. It's, um, our heroes are not quite heroic anymore. And uh, there's more of a swagger and more of a ugh, vibe, I guess. But, my goodness, it's good. And we got to share it. And I was going to play another song, but I'm coming up on 30 minutes now. And any other one, song I want to play is going to add like 15 minutes to it. And, you know, 30 but thirty minutes is a good length for this. So next week, maybe we'll do some more 77. Maybe we'll dig into just a big-ass long song. And uh, I'll just buttonhole it on either side with uh, my witty repartee. But in any case, 1977, it's awesome. Um... And I will have it up to share with you at some point. I know I'm way behind on that, but I did get all the podcasts up on the site. The site is current with the podcast episodes. And you're saying, who gives a shit, Mark? We already have the podcast episodes. We're listening to them now. And I'm saying, I don't know. Shut up. So <laughs> I will put the shows up. I have an account on uh, Mega. And I will. Um, it's a really fast service. No ads, no pop-ups. You know, I don't, maybe there's ads. It's, it's not, it's not sleazy or weird. It's just download it and it's fast and you don't have to pay. So, um, those will be made available and I'll start posting them. Uh, keep an eye on my Twitter, heartofmarkness.com. Tweet me, follow me. Um, more of you are doing it and, uh, I'm making more and more friends and it's really fun. And there's a lot of Led Zeppelin on Twitter. There's a, there's a nice classic rock Twitter out there and a, and a Led Zeppelin Twitter and there's, there's shit that, even you don't know if you're the like the Led Zeppelin guy, you know <clears throat> Stephen A. Jones. Um, you may be, you may find something on Twitter, a picture, a ticket stub, a document that you didn't have before because somebody somewhere has a picture that you haven't seen. Somebody has a story you haven't heard, and it's Twitter. So I mean, if you're one of the people who really, really love the firm, and God bless you if you are, you can tweet Tony Franklin. And he'll answer you if you're not a ridiculous human being. He's really nice. So, you know, I hope to, when I get around to the firm, 
you know, be, you know, being able to ask, uh, ask him a couple questions. Because even if it's just a tweet back, I can say, and Tony Franklin told me, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, you should do that. Avail yourself of Twitter. It's fun, and you will find like-minded folks. You can live in your own little echo chamber and just be told things you want to be told. And if it's about Led Zeppelin, that's cool. If it's about politics or things like that, maybe not so much. But uh, Facebook group. More people are on the Facebook group now. There's like 30 folks, maybe even more than 30. There's enough to... to and, then, and there's people are talking, and there's dialogue happening, and there's things being put in there that aren't on the Twitter, and they aren't on the podcast. And uh, so join me on Facebook if you're a Facebook person. And if you're listening to the show, demographically, you're like 45 to 70, according to my, which makes sense. So you're on Facebook, not so much on Twitter. Um, so get on Facebook, join the thing and say Zeppelin is great. I like Bonzo, Zoso forever. And I'll say like, and then other people will say like, and you'll feel good. Uh, <laughs> What else? Hardomarkness.com, as I said. It's coming along, folks. It's coming along just as the podcast took a hiatus and then came back and has been getting better and better, I think, uh, as I go along. So, too, the website. Um, it takes time to throw stuff up, and I am a lazy fuck. So, uh, but I am committed to getting it going, and now that I have the albatross, that weight of having the episodes so far behind, I just dumped them all up there in one post that's just like, here, um, now I'm free. I'm free mentally to uh, get going. I'm going to that. And I will start putting shows up. Somebody in the Facebook group asked me for a link. And I said, yeah, no problem. I'll get it. And then I forgot about it because I'm a dick. And I apologize to you. But I will get the show links up. I'll have the shows. You'll be able to download them for free. Here you go. Be good. And listen to the whole goddamn thing instead of just a song or two. So that's a good thing. And what else is a good thing is you guys. That was really awkward. You're all good things. And uh, I really love doing this, and I really love hearing from you, and I really love developing relationships with you guys. And uh, just, it's really, really fantastically wonderful and touching. And, you know, talking through my brand new microphone, the brand new microphone cable and the brand new microphone gimbaled arm that stretches out from like six feet away. I can just pull it toward me, and it's amazing bought by somebody who likes the podcast and he's also a dear dear friend i've known for years there's that caveat too it wasn't just one of you going i love you here it was a friend of mine going dude what kind of microphone you need and i'm like oh no you don't and he's like surprise and he did um so thank you i hope you get value from this i'm going to keep doing it and i hope you keep listening more and more of you do so bless you for that I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. Whenever it is you're listening to this, I hope the next period of time immediately following is fantastic. All right, coming up on 35 minutes now, and I've been doing nothing but blather, and my nose gets stuffier by the second, and I'm dying. So, good night to you all. It's 8.30 here in beautiful pollen and spore-filled Portland, Oregon. And uh, I'm going to say good night. Mark from the Heart of Markness. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.